What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel, with Label Free Podcast. Today, I have a special guest, John Feligeller. I had to ask him how to, how to pronounce it because I didn't want to mess it up. But John is a very inspiring human being. He is um, a special needs father, and he has a blog called John's Blog for Special Needs Parents. And I'm excited to hear his story, excited to share, share this with you. So I think it's very important for us to talk about because there are a lot of people that have to deal with this on a regular basis and they really, I think a lot of people that don't have to deal with it don't realize the impact that it has on people's lives. So John, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. Absolutely. So uh, again, I am the parent of a special needs child with autism, Christopher, who is beautiful. He's 12 years old. Uh, he is my only son and I am a uh, single parent currently. Uh, I am a proud native of the north side of Chicago, but have lived Woo-hoo! in exactly <laughs> yep, Quaker Park. Come on, and uh, I um, currently live in the north suburbs, uh, up in beautiful Highwood. I've lived in the burbs for about 17 years now. Um, for years, I was an elementary school teacher. Uh, I served a variety of roles, mostly as a classroom teacher, and also. So you have a lot of patience. Is that what you're saying? I've got more than a lot of patience. Let me Gosh, tell I you, give it, it, to you. It, is, it is probably a negative at this point. But anyway, no, that can never be a negative. Patience is a virtue, right? Is that what they say? It, it is, and you know what? I, I think so, and it really helps when you're a special needs parent as well, no doubt. Oh, I, yes, I believe it. Absolutely. Um, and most recently, though, I transitioned into the world of nonprofit. So I currently work as a program manager for a nonprofit organization called Total Link to Community based in Northbrook and we serve special needs adults. Oh, wow. So um, I'm a program manager and we do customized job training and employment for these young adults as well as uh, we run a variety of education and social That's programs. amazing, I love that. Thank you, love it. thank you. Yeah, so it really was a good fit for me and a wonderful niche. Um, in my free time, as I'm sure you also have a lot of Oh well, yeah, it's just so much. Uh, exactly, um, I love doing advocacy work, uh, really to my calling because, mostly because of my son, but I also just felt that um, it was an outlet that was healthy and something that really allowed sure. me to really let my creative juices flow. So one of the things I do, I, I do have a blog page on Facebook. However, I am attached to several other national organizations. I blog for several uh, special And needs. that was in your, your exclusive with Sing Chicago, correct? Yes, yes Okay, it was. so yeah, yes. we did an exclusive on John and that is posted on Scene Chicago and I will also be putting that link in the uh, body of this podcast once I go live with it. Awesome, yeah. So uh, some of the national organizations I work with are uh, special needs Christian disability ministries like Key Ministry in Ohio, uh, Hope Anew based out of Indiana. Um, They have a lot of reach across the country and really around the world. Um, I also have had some things posted on The Mighty, which if you are a special needs parent, probably familiar with them. They are a huge special needs website, lots of great resources. Um, And I do a variety of podcasts, uh, blogging. Um, I've also done some speaking engagements, both locally and nationally. Also, um, work with a lot of local special needs organizations, so uh, Special Fathers Network specifically, I'll be mentioning them a little bit, uh, a man named David Hirsch, who's um, actually a senior vice president of UBS Financial downtown and who's worked with financial or uh, fatherhood organizations uh, locally for years, started the Special Fathers Network that I'm very closely tied to, and uh, we'll be doing an event actually. It's a lot of responsibility. Day. So it, it's huge. I mean, it, huge. I don't think people really understand the the weight of how to carry that on your shoulders and doing those speaking engagements and also just the subject matter. I mean, it's um, it's kind of a serious subject matter, you know. And mm-hmm. it's and people, I think sometimes people that are that aren't aware of it, they don't have to deal with it, probably turn the other cheek. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so having getting up there in front of people and talking about it, even though I feel like the special needs parents, are, that number is growing these days. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think a lot of that is, has to do with our environment, you know, and which is unfortunate. 
Um, so what made you want to come on my podcast and share your story today? Sure. Well, I love talking, first of all, as you'll oh. find out. Oh, um, oh boy. I'm in for it. I'm kidding. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm kidding. <laughs> I get along great. Um, but, you know, I, I love sharing this because, first of all, I think as a special needs parent, the thing that I found out is special needs parents are some of the most loving, caring, and well-researched individuals around. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's lots of great parents of typical kids, and a lot of special needs parents have typical kids' siblings as well. However, um, this is a very, very unique deal, and what you find is that parents are always looking for answers, they're looking for support, they're looking for help. And the reality is that what I've learned is that, you know, it, it really is this very deep, profound message, as was done to you, do for another. Sure, um, You absolutely. know, as many questions as you have, as much, you know, you seek that out for yourself in terms of answers and resources and support. Once you have that, I, I feel it's just a natural responsibility to try to give back in whatever way. And podcasts are very easy and powerful and, you know, having done several of them and then finding yours and realizing just how well you want to connect with folks yes. who really are about making a positive, supportive difference in other people's yes. lives. Yep. You know, it's a natural for me. So, you know, I was like, no brainer, you know, I'm here. So can I ask you a question in terms of what kind of help are special needs, special needs parents looking for? Because I think there, it's a broad range, but just give me right. an idea, give us an idea of what, sure. that, what that is. So I, I think it comes in a variety of ways. First of all, parents are always looking for, I think, the, the medical approach. Sure. So, you know, the, the first thing that happens with the diagnosis, of course, is, well, let, is, there, is there a cure? Is there something I can do? Is there a treatment? Is there a protocol? And there's lots of ones out there. Now, some are more well-vetted than others. Sure. Some are more trusted than others. Some uh, rely more on a behavioral approach, like maybe it's just in terms of working with the child and their personality and their behavior, um, especially with kids on the autism spectrum like mine. You know, that's something that we still do with traditional what's called ABA therapy. Um, a lot of times though you look at things like environment, you look at diet, what what is actually going into the kids. Wow, and, I didn't know all this. Yeah, and, and there's a well see there you go. <laughs> in a fun way. And there's a, there's a lot of sensitivities to diet, to environment, to allergies. Um, a lot of our special needs kids of course have allergies and things like gluten and dairy and soy and sure. that type of thing, including my own. Um, and it's a challenge though because you know at the end of the day there's only so much you can do to keep your child safe to keep yeah. their, their diet and their environment clean. And, and so on the one hand, it's, it's really filtering that information to the parents and filtering good information. But on the other hand, and this kind of goes hand in hand, it's also that support. It's also coming alongside someone. It's developing yeah. relationships and friendships and saying, you know what, sometimes you might just need a shoulder to cry on or someone to talk to. And I find that one of the first reactions with special needs parents when you get a diagnosis at a very young age is, one, we're gonna find an answer and we're gonna beat our heads against the wall until we get it, but two, we are also going to shelter ourselves. We're going to close in. We're going to try to keep I think that would be the worst thing to do. And, but that's a natural reaction. That is a natural reaction of most parents wanting to keep their child safe, but on the other hand, there's a lot of shame that goes with that type of a, um, with that type of a label and that type of a diagnosis. Sure. And so the last thing someone wants to do necessarily is ask for help, yeah. you know, and I think that shows up in, in a lot of different scenarios with, with a lot of issues in one's life. Um, but this is where you really need the help the most. And so that's where, again, doing things like this allows me um, a platform yes. to be able to share resources and also connect with me. And, and I'm always an open book about, you know, maybe I have something for you. And if I don't, I'll try to connect you with someone. But this is where special needs parents, especially you guys out there, especially you dads, need to try to bring some of those, you know, bring some of those shields down, bring, you know, some of that 
Um, you think fathers have a harder done. time with it than the mothers? Absolutely, absolutely. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's fine. And, and I think that also lends to how men and women are wired. You sure. Know, women are, you know, if you got, you know, the kind of thing that me and some of my other special needs dads joke about, you get a group of 10 women who are strangers in here with a couple of bottle of wines on the table, they're best friends by the time yeah. they leave. Yeah. And, and, and that's possibly, true, right? You know. yeah, well, well, it's possible, <laughs> you never right? know. Yeah, exactly. Too right? many, one, one extra bottle might turn things wrong. Right, right. So right. We, we, got, we got to get the right amount. You know, let's get about two and a half tops. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, with, with dads, it, it's tough because men, men are fixers. And if, yes. if there's no fix, I don't want to talk to somebody about how I couldn't fix it. I don't want to talk to somebody about how, well, there might be something out there, but I don't know where to look around to find it. That's my wife's job because my wife does all that stuff. And, you know, I'll just either sign the check to whatever doctor or therapist or I'll do the errands. I'll run them around. I'll take them. And again, there's lots of great special needs dads out there who love their kids. I know them and I would say most of them are, but it's still overwhelming for a lot of them. And there are some who genuinely can't handle it, don't handle it. And sure. that is why the divorce rate is up to here, especially in our community. So, and, and I personally am... You know, familiar with that so so just really quick in terms of the levels I, I have a girlfriend who her son is autistic as well and so there's different levels of autism right there's yes. there, there's there's like a you know mild case mm -hmm. we're up to a very um, extreme case right right so what could you tell us a little bit more on the, like what the differences are Sure. So autism presents in a lot of different ways and really is a spectrum is what they call it. So you can have a child who might be diagnosed autistic and you might not notice anything really that's different about them. Uh, you know, more high functioning, as we like to say. And I really see this in a lot of like in my job with the young adultery work we work with. Um, if you spent 15 or 20 minutes with someone, though, you might notice some differences in terms of their personality or maybe okay. their filters or how they communicate. Sure. Um, in my son's case, he is more, um, you know, high needs in terms of he is also nonverbal, so um, he communicates with, with an app on an iPad. Um, he has some basic language in terms of yes, no, nodding body language, that type of thing, but he really can't have a conversation with you. Um, and he also still needs a lot of help with feeding. Um, he needs help with going to the bathroom. He needs help you. with dressing. Well, thank you. And, and his mom, too, is really great, I, I must say that. So, um, But the fact is, is that that might be his situation the rest of his life. We don't know. And if it is, okay, so now that's a whole other layer of what ifs because sure. if you're a typical parent you might worry about high school college right. their first job in our case we're worrying about who's going to be taking care of them at 50 or 60 when mom and dad physically can't or mom and dad are just not here anymore those are the types of things we do yeah that's that's got to be very heart-wrenching that's got to put a, a, another level of stress on your life that you know life is hard enough as it is um but wow okay anyways so what do you hope to accomplish by sharing your story here today so what I really want to emphasize to folks is, especially if you're a special needs parent listening to this, or maybe you know a special needs parent in your life and maybe they're a little bit anxious about really sharing some things. You know, For me personally, I always break it down to a 1A, 1B conversation. Now for myself personally, my 1A is, is my Christian faith. That is what has gotten me through the vast majority of this. Now you might be watching this and saying, well, that's great buddy, but that's not me. I'm not religious or I'm not Christian, whatever. But that's where the 1B comes in. The 1B is support. The 1B is community. The 1B is friends. You can be religious or not, but you must have some kind of support. You've got to have somebody in your life, a group of community, somebody to lean on, especially with something like what we go through every day because you find that the level of care that your children need 
and the kinds of things that you are going to face in terms of medical issues, in terms of financial issues, the strain on your marriage, relationships, etc. You need that oh, support. For sure. You cannot get through life without it. I can't, so. I can't imagine like be. I mean, I can't imagine not having support. Period. I think that no, it, whether you are have a special needs parent or not, we all need support in our lives. We need to have a good support group just to kind of, you know, I mean. To prevent us from actually having having some kind of mental illness, you know, if we don't take care of ourselves internally and all that, I just can't imagine not having any support. So if you're out there and you have a special needs child and you need some support, there are avenues that you can go. We're going to put some links at the, in the bio or in the description of this episode for you as, re, as resources to reach out to. Um, what are some significant struggles that you've gone through throughout this journey? Well, uh, I can name them all. Uh, first of all, I think, so I, I guess it, it starts out really internally and then it just kind of projects out. So I think first of all, at speaking as a man and as, as a father and as a husband, you realize how little control you have over everything. You know, you want to fix it. You want to try to find an answer. And at the end of the day, you just have to say, I, I don't have the resources or the ability to just fix this. This is something that may fix itself. It may not. In our case, you know, our child may just be the way he is. Whoop, hey. <laughs> that, that's what, this is the great thing about live TV. Let me tell you. Okay. Oops. Oh, there See? we go. Keep if that, on. Sorry. If, that, if that's the worst thing happens today, we're great. You know, so, but, um, uh, but anyway, um, so, yeah, so, you know, you, you deal with um, not, being, not being able to control your situation and your environment. And being a guy, for example, most men, and, and, I'm, and I'm really speaking personally here, most men like to think, okay, if I can do nothing else, I can make the money to take care of the family, to write the checks, sure. to get the help. Now, in my case, for example, I will fully confess to the listening audience and viewing audience, I was never the breadwinner in my family. My wife consistently always made more money than me. And it's not that I didn't work or I didn't make money, but you know, if you, if you put the numbers side by side, she always was the breadwinner. So my value had to come from a different place. My sure. value had to come from, okay, how yeah. do I support my child? How am I intentional? How am I developing those relationships, not just with him, but then with those people and you know, the therapists and, and the doctors that work with yeah. him and all of those other ways. And the advocacy is kind of a byproduct of that because what I learned is, okay, I'm really great at networking. I'm really great at developing relationships sure. and meeting people. And so are there resources, are there things I can find out, are there things that you know, we can put together? In my case, for example, I was able to um, you know, connect us with a really great um, neuropsychologist down in the south suburbs who actually worked with him who first got us his first diagnosis and really provided uh -huh. us with resources and kind of got us on the train. So that's just one example. But, you know, the other place that, that you really find yourself stressed out is in your personal relationship, specifically your marriage. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not even going to quote the numbers because the numbers seem to fluctuate and change all the time. But the reality is, is that the, the numbers for divorce are staggering within the first five years of a diagnosis, and then after that, they go up even more. And the reality is, is that you find out that the level of stress you have, not just as a parent, but as a parent dealing with the kind of things that we deal with are extreme. And you know what? Sometimes marriages just don't work. So as someone now who's really worked with and counseled guys who have lost their marriages, and now in my case where you know I am getting divorced, um, you know, and there's, I think, a lot of reasons for it, but the bottom line is, is that, you know, it, it's never a point where you want to blame your child, but you also sure. understand that you are dealing with things that most other typical families are not. And yeah. that's why, again, you need to have a community and support. However things turn out, you still love your child. You're still involved. You still are about maintaining that family unit. But now there's support that I need. There's support, you know, that his mom needs. There's support that he still needs. And sure. where does that come from? you got to have a community. Yeah. I was actually um, thinking about this, and I, I mean, I, so I was married. 
my husband was really sick and he, you know, I kind of always think about like the strain that that had on our marriage. It was, it's different circumstances, but almost like, you know, he needed special needs. I had to take care of him. And the, my relationship, our marital relationship changed because of that. And so I was thinking about, you know, when, when we talked initially and, and we were talking about you get coming on my show, I was like, you know, there's got to be some kind of level of resentment when, you know, towards your, your, your significant other, because I know what I felt. You know, and I think that that's just only natural, and it's a, it's a shame that, that that happens, but we are only human, and all we can do is do the best that we can every day and just keep moving forward, right? Um, what do you love most about giving back to the specific community? You know, I, I just think that, you know, for, for me, it's kind of my calling, and, and I have to be honest with you, if, if you told me 10 years ago I'd be doing this, I'd be like, uh-uh, like, <laughs> I, I, I got no clue uh, Also, it's a different world than it was 10 years ago. And that is also true, right, you know. But, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that I think you find in life that, um, you know, you are put where you're supposed to be. I've always believed that, you know, and, and sometimes you do it willingly and sometimes you just get yanked by the chain and like, nope, you, this is where you got to yeah, be. And in my reality, I have a special needs child. And, and again, kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation, I learned quickly how important it is to not only build those relationships, but reach out to people who need them. Yes. Drastically, dramatically. And so um, what awesome. I, yeah, and, and that's really what I love about it is that if I've got stuff for somebody, I just want to share it just because whatever, you just want to do that for someone else. But also too, you find out that on a broader level, you know, this is just kind of the nature of our society today. And we want to be able to reach as many people as possible with as broad of a message as possible. So sure. we're also inclusive because, you know, there are a lot of different families out there. There are a lot of different ways that somebody can be special needs. Um, I may not have all the answers for you for a lot of different reasons, but I can hopefully connect you with someone who does. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Um, I love doing what I'm doing because it's just fits me and my personality. And, and, sure. and this is awesome. Um, but but at the end of the day, if it comes down to anybody who's watching this says, I don't know where to turn, you know, I mean, I'm always willing to have a cup of coffee or a beer with somebody or a glass of wine, hang out, talk, do life. I mean, that that's just what it is, because as far as I'm concerned, if I've helped one person, then it, it's been worth it. And I like to believe I have, but there's a lot more out there. And, and again, especially the guys. So, yeah. you know, for me, it's a no brainer. I can see that. What are some common misconceptions people have about being a special needs parent? I, I think the biggest issue is that if, if you have only typical kids, you might have an assumption that, okay, well, first of all, it's, it's just like regular parenting, but maybe you have a couple extra things to do. Or a lot of times the problem is, is that you know, people are really visual. So let me give you an example. If you see like someone has a child in a wheelchair, obviously you're going to put two into there and be like, oh, I get it. That child has some needs or a young adult, mm -hmm. whatever. But if you see someone like my kid who presents when you first look at him like totally normal and no physical abnormalities or anything, but if you're around him for a few minutes, you might be like, why is he hitting the wall like that or trying to you know, touch the window and make his finger go through it or something. And it's like, you don't really get it until you're around it. And that's actually where I'll share one thing that we're doing for our son, we're still in the process of is getting him a service dog. Now you might only think service dogs are like, or companion yeah. dogs are like for people who legitimately have some serious physical impairments. But the reality is, is that as we've been doing this training, one thing that I noticed is we, um, as, as part of the training, they take you to like, like a retail space out in the community. So like we, we took him to Walmart and we were practicing with him. And it's incredible how you notice people's reactions shift 
when they see the dog because then they connect it. It's like, oh, he's got that. I see now. As opposed to, my, you know, my kid just walking in like that. almost oh. gave me goosebumps. Yeah, because wow. but it, it really is. A, it makes a profound statement because, again, people are visual. Yeah. That's the first thing they go to. Yes, so it's yes, like the, the kid just looks like any other kid. Why is he doing that? Oh, now I got it. Right. And yeah. so that, you know, a lot of times people's misconceptions are based on they make assumptions because the kid just looks like any other normal kid. And, and, and the bottom line is, yeah, he's a kid like any other, sure. but he has some challenges. He still wants to be accepted and loved like everybody else. But this Don't we be, all? Yeah, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, At this point in the game, I don't know about me. Yeah, okay. Neither of us have service dogs, I'll also say that. <laughs> um, you know, but, you know, yeah, that, that has been a big help for us. So. That's great. Actually, yeah. that's, I mean, I, I can see that. And Would you recommend a service dog for another special needs child that is like your son? I, I think I would, and again, it, it depends certainly like if your family's like dog people, and if you're sure. dog people, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, it is it is some work, it's like 100 hours of training, so you gotta be able to commit to it, so it's not just the pet, it's you gotta commit to the dog, you gotta sure. commit to training, you gotta commit to remembering that when the dog's out in public, like the dog's working, when it's at home, you know, the dog can chill, but when you're out in the community, the dog is there to work with your child, so, so it is a lifestyle, nice. so yeah. it's... It, it can be a great support, but you just have to determine if it's good for your family as far as that fits. Sure. So. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, anything else you'd like to share? Just bottom line that, you know, if you're a parent out there, again, a, a, especially a dad, you know, or even if you're a single mom, whatever, but if you feel like you don't have support, maybe you have a little support, but maybe your family doesn't understand you. And unfortunately, there's a lot of those situations I see too where family doesn't get it, family's oppositional, family charms sure. people, that I type of thing. That. There is plenty of support out there. There are plenty of organizations. There are online communities I'm a part of. There are organizations where you can get resources. There are you know, a lot of places where you can connect with people and meet other special needs parents. And there's all kinds of with you, you, they can connect with you, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, Reach all his information will be in the in um in the description of this of this episode. So you can definitely reach out to him. You know, one thing I wanted to um, and I just lost my train of thought. I you had said something earlier, and I wanted to say, but maybe I'll, it'll come back to me. Why don't you tell people your handles yep. and your coming website? Yeah. So I'm very excited to say I do have a website coming up. I already have a domain name. It's just John Fellageller, just my name. JohnFellageller.com probably be ready in April. So on all of my other social media platforms, I will blast that out. So don't worry if you forget it. But you can easily find me on Facebook. I have a personal page, just John Fellageller, or my blog page, John's uh, Blog for Special Needs Parents. Um, so find me on either one of those. Message me, reach out to me, connect to me. Oh, I know. I remember what I wanted to say. Tell me. I just wanted to say that you said that people feel ashamed about having children that are special needs. And I just feel like that is a terrible way to be. And I, and I know that we're, that's probably human nature. But there's nothing that you should be ashamed of for creating a beautiful life and bringing it into this world. Absolutely. And I, I, feel in the, I feel that a special needs child actually reminds us that we do have to be a little bit more loving. We have to be a little bit more patient. And we have to be a little bit more kind. So um, if there's somebody out there that has a special needs child that is struggling with that, I want to just say that there's nothing you should be ashamed of because you are doing the best that you can. And being feeling ashamed is not the way that we were meant to live our lives. And that's not something that you should ever feel. So that's what I wanted to say. So keep going. And you said it beautifully. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, so again, find me on Facebook on either my personal or blog page. You can find me on Instagram at just Jay Felligeller. 
Find me on LinkedIn at John Feligel or find me on Twitter at Jay Feligel. All these freaking social media platforms. I mean, what would we do without them? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm glad I didn't come up with cookie names other than my own, so, so you can remember Oh, that. that's good, because I'm, so, yeah. Okay. There you go. Absolutely. And um, I would just also want to hype up, um, you know, a couple of the big organizations I work for. Are Community. these the ones that you want people, that people want to support? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. So, so Key Ministry based out of Ohio near Cleveland. We'll have our big conference coming up in April. I will be there. So check that out on their website. Hope and New has a great online community. So exactly what I was talking about. If you don't have the physical support where you are, but you want to join a great online community, they have a great one of those. Get in some of their chat rooms and different things they have there. Um, check out The Mighty. I do a little bit of writing for them, but they're huge and they don't need any more pub for me. Um, as well as Special Fathers Network. You dads out there. Special Fathers Network offers a mentorship program with another special needs dad. So if you want to talk to somebody just That's privately, one-on-one, awesome. -on -one, awesome. over the phone, Skype, etc., way to hook that up. Uh, we're going to have another big event coming up in May um, with a big guest speaker. We had Wayne Mesmer last year, uh, who's actually a special needs grandfather, if you know him. And uh, we'll be having... Um, uh, Randy Lewis, who's actually the former CEO of Walgreens and started a great special needs work program with them for uh, this one. So we'll have lots of information about that on all my different platforms. That's awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, just please. Oh, one thing. So if you liked what you saw and heard from me, um, <laughs> I'm always looking for more opportunities like this, especially speaking engagements, live speaking engagements podcasts, etc. I'm always open and available. Um, it's good when you message out there. If you found anything that you liked here or all of it, great. Just feel free to reach out to me and I'd be happy to come on. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me on Label Free Podcast. Um, I really believe to live your best life, you must live label free. And I do feel that John fits in that because he is overcoming a lot of society's expectations of what life has thrown at him. Instead of living in a box and being ashamed, um, he's going out there and he's um, being proactive and, and looking for and offering help and showing you where you can go for help and all these wonderful things. So again, you guys, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for joining me. As always, to live your best life, you must live label-free. This is your host, Deanna Kemple. And please share, please like, and please comment. And I look forward to talking to you soon.